0: Hello and welcome to Due South by Southeast. I'm Detective Squee. Now what you're about to enjoy is a very special episode which we recorded where we covered hockey, a people's history or at least the first five parts of it which was narrated by Paul Gross. We did this for a special event for Sports Relief which was Southampton Superpod 2020 recorded right here in uh, Southampton in the UK and uh, yeah me and Nicola in front of a live uh, audience and being put out on uh, the internet as well as on uh, TV locally. And uh, it was a good time. Hopefully you're really going to enjoy this. Unfortunately, Michelle couldn't be there with us, but you'll hear all about that in the record. Um, so I will make a mention of the video cameras recording us during there. It's live streamed out on the internet and uh, one of the previous shows had got cut due to some of the content, um, which I referenced there. Uh, we're also during the COVID crisis, or COVID crisis, while we're in lockdown, doing a few special live episodes of Due South by Southeast. If you haven't caught them, please go over to the Due South by Southeast Facebook page where we recorded those on Facebook Live. So we did a special one the other day where we did an audio commentary on the pilot episode of Due South. Uh, we're trying to as much content to you as possible during this time just to keep everyone entertained Uh, as we're also doing a quiz uh, as we record this this friday anyway though uh, please go over there find all the content we've got so far we'll have events for all the ones coming up and uh, please just stay safe and stay well and enjoy this week's edition of due south by southeast starting now
1: It's time for another live podcast, broadcasting
2: from The Social in Southampton, online, on your smart speaker, and on Facebook Live. This is Due South by
1: Southeast. Hey, everyone. This is Ramona Milano, otherwise known as Francesca Vecchio, and you are listening to Due South by Southeast. I am Catherine Bruyere, and I am listening to Due South by Southeast.
2: I'm Tony Craig, I play Jack Hillary on Do South and you're listening to Do South by South East.
1: I wish this podcast would carry me away, but while talking to squeaky, can Michelle get a word in edgeways, Record over a bottle of rum on a darker Southampton Bay, too south, that is what we're talking about, too south, saddle up my microphone, get deep in Baker, a bone, too south. South
0: by Southeast. Hello and welcome to due South by Southeast. Yeah, I woke you up with that. I am Detective Squee and with me as always, well, this is the usual part where I would introduce my stalwart co-host Michelle, but the cameras, the lights, and the live scare away. We're here live at the Social Southampton for a special edition of Do South by Southeast. We're, we're going to be talking a, a bit about sports, but we'll get on to that in a minute. I'm not joined by Michelle, unfortunately. The dogs aren't allowed in the pub, but I am joined by my other co-host. Please welcome Civilian Aid, Nicola. Hello. So, um, Nicola, we're, we're here live. Why, we why are we here? Why? Why? What's what's going on?
2: We're here for sports relief
0: sports relief it's the yes. fantastic event we have in the uk it's a spin-off from our version of comic relief which i know you've got one in america as well and different ones around the world but our version has this special sports relief where we raise money for charity around the world as well as here in the uk uh, but we we give it a little, little special sports theme, rub a bit of uh, sports special dust on it. Of course, we know nothing about sports, though, Yay! which is a great start. <laughs> <laughs> However, one thing we do know about is Due South. So we looked into uh, the history of the actors who've been in Due South to see if they've got any spoiling links. Now, of course, Paul Gross did the wonderful uh, movie about curling, which was Broom Men or Men with Brooms, even. Yeah, Absolutely. But we've already covered that. So uh, we also found out that he had narrated a documentary for CBS uh, called uh, Hockey, A People's History, which tells the history of Canada as seen through the prism of hockey. So it gives you all the history of how hockey came to be as well as how it helped found this country. And it was an absolutely wonderful story. We're going to be talking about that in a minute. Uh, But first of all, we don't have all the usual orders of business, so anyone who usually listens to this show will know. We talk about Mini mounty Club, and we talk about all that stuff, but we're, we're, we're doing a side with that. But one thing we don't do this show, show without is rum, so we're stuck with that. And Al, if you'd like to play the cue, please.
1: Yo, ho, ho!
0: We're getting drunk as hell! Tell me what rum! I'll be drinking, Michelle! Now, Michelle isn't here, so Nicola, if you'd like to stand in. Uh, we've got two rums which we brought at the social here in Southampton. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the rums what are we right. drinking this okay. week
2: so first of all we're going to try bamboo and that bamboo. is right it, it is bum if you forget yeah. it so bum, by the way we've been we've
0: been broadcast live so don't cut us on that bum is in the title uh, we're not sure how much we're allowed to get away with so we're, we're not taking any risks
2: now when you sent me a message last night and you said just to be clear no language <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but mild smut was allowed
0: yeah, sm- you, you can't said. get, look, we're still British. Mulse must has to be allowed.
2: Innuendo. You said we could be a bit carry-on.
0: Yeah, and plus also I love the fact that bum is the word which brings candor in the UK together. It's one of the words we share. We like the word bum.
2: Right, so all I've got for bamboo, other than I'm sure it's very lovely, is it's Caribbean. Okay, so, so
0: this is the first one we're drinking. Yep. Oh, is it on the right?
2: I don't know. Right, We've we mix <laughs> them up
0: now. We're hopefully <laughs> drinking the same one here. So we, we wait until later to, to try it.
2: That one's lovely. It might not be the same as what you're tasting, but it's very nice. Is it the more
0: banana-y one? Don't know. Um, okay. <laughs> so the one I've just tried is lovely. It's, it's quite kind of fruity, a bit citrusy, the one that I've just tried. Now, <laughs> I do always have mine with orange juice, but you can still get the citrus notes. Uh, Nicola, you prefer yours with a Diet Coke?
2: I do, indeed. Diet Coke, no ice. Science ruins it.
0: Okay, so we're going to try the other one, which might or might not right, be okay, the so rum she's about to introduce.
2: This one I've oh, got pro here. Are you ready? <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, this is why the show shouldn't be live.
2: Mountain Sorry. Kaisimbi. Yeah. It could be pronounced differently. And this is has in ginger, cinnamon, blood orange, and vanilla. And it's the. right. right, I'm going to get this right. Pretty now. sure that's the one
0: I tried first, but go on.
2: The Mountain Kaisim, Kaisimbi, someone can correct me again, um, is in the. Uh, the oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> A range of mountains. I can't. It's a lovely the range words.
0: of mountains. Is it's the point. it's
2: home to the um, endangered gorilla.
0: Oh, and it's got a gorilla on Why the front. Why it's
2: got a gorilla on the front? So look at yeah, like 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 the gorilla. Yeah, we like the front, on the front. Nice. Yeah,
0: look up that one. Yeah, so so yeah,
2: I've just had the banana one. Yeah, I so think so too. So, so we have got the it the other definitely. way around.
0: But they're both lovely. We yeah yeah. One's more bananery That's the first one which we read yeah. out. But the second one we tried. The other one's got got those uh, citrusy kind of blood orange notes. Yeah.
2: So it's Both lovely
0: runs, we recommend them and we're going to drink them to get through a live episode of this. Yep. Uh, before we get into the hockey documentary though, we of course have some really important stuff we've got to cover, which I've realised I don't have the notes ready for, so I'm just going to wing this on it. Uh, so of course, this has been done for charity. As we said, if you go to um, superpod.co.uk you can find full details on how to donate. Now, uh, we do hope you listen and just enjoy all the wonderful shows happening on uh, this this show today on this extended extended uh um, 10 hours is it we're doing a podcast today uh if you're listening on podcast later obviously you'll just get this one hour, but please enjoy it anyway but please do donate you can donate after the fact all the details are on there on how to donate if you donate before um what al what's the closing date for entries on the competition 10 o'clock tonight. so if you're not listening live sorry you missed that but if you are listening live please donate now and if you donate over a fiver, mm-hmm. you can win tickets to a spectacular life stand up which has been done in aid of sports relief.
2: Yeah, and so, why would you not want to go to a stand up night with all the great comedians?
0: Yeah, if you're part. getting one comedian, you usually pay about 30, 40 quid for a ticket. This, for a fiver donation, which we hope you do, do donate more because, you know, the more, the better. Al's put such hard work into arranging this day, Al Galpin, who's uh, organized SuperPod. And uh, that that deserves your donations alone. But. If you do, if you just want to be selfish about it, go donate. Donate over a Fiverr, and you can win tickets to this event, which got Selene Henry in it. It's got Catherine Ryan, Tom Holland. Uh- Tom Holland. Not Tom what Spider Man? Yes, this is a coup. I'm really
2: sell this it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got. Let's
0: Tom take Allen, me. Tom Holland oh, is not let's appearing. Let's
2: some others: Tom Hardy, really? Tom yeah. Jones, all the Avengers, everybody uh, yeah, in
0: every it. Every time you can mention, just now,
2: go. I can't promise they'll all be there,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> some might pull out due to prior not being booked. But yeah. apart from yeah. that,
2: but we promised that the thought was there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyway, please, as I say, it's uh, full details are on the website. It is such a small donation for such a big prize. And if you mention your favorite podcaster, <coughs> Squee, if you mention your favorite podcaster, or, or even uh, Nicola, uh, or if you mention Al, then then the podcaster which you mention as well will uh, receive a ticket as well as two tickets for you and whoever you want to take along with you. So uh, please, please do that. That's what it's all about. Cool. But we watched a documentary for this. Now, uh, Nicola, let's just just cover our sporting history. So, uh, what what are your sporting achievements to date? None. Right. I'm basically the same, <laughs> apart from I did a bit of kickboxing and kung fu and uh, had an injury. I've got a sporting injury, so that's my, like, one little thing. Yeah, so someone kicked me really hard over. in the leg and my leg's buggered now, so that's my sporting injury covered. Uh, Actually. And, and I did love when I asked you, but surely you must have done some things in PE at school. What was your answer to that, Nicola?
2: I didn't go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think that was to school in general, which explains the, the accent and, you know, the way she I'm, talks. You thank
2: know. you. <laughs> I'm just thinking, actually, you know, if you want my sporting history, dancing is a sport. Dancing, yeah, that counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did once in my teen years—I think I was about eighteen, nineteen—fall off a bar in Cyprus dancing, and I've got a sporting injury from that, which is my ankle. Really? So
0: that? Okay, for? yeah, no, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna count my other sporting injury as well. I once <laughs> tripped over <laughs> a, a an ice cooler. Which had some some bottles of drinks and stuff in it, did a stunning pirouette and landed hand first into a pint glass, which I still have a scar between my fingers. I'm
2: not going to tell everyone what it looked like you were doing. <laughs> no, don't, family show,
0: family show, <laughs> uh, but I do have a scar from that still to this day. And they said it's like if it had just been to the left or right, you would have lost functionality in that hand a mm. bit. So uh, and
2: you'd never have pirouetted again. I would
0: never. <laughs> I never did again, which was probably for the best.
2: Oh, oh! So I danced it, on a bar again. You did. Oh, I, I really sort of, you know, pushed through. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, we're here to talk about a hockey documentary. Now, uh, we are not big sports fans. I will just put that on Front Street. But We've watched five hours of this 10-hour documentary, so it's in 10 parts. And we thought that might give us enough fodder to talk about today. But this is either going to be we're going to have way too much to talk about or we're going to run aground really quickly. So hopefully we'll get through this okay. Because the thing is, What I loved about this documentary is it's all about the stories. It's about, um, and I really don't think it's an oversell to say say that the way hockey was founded did help found the country of Canada. They talk about all these wonderful stories about the different and diverse groups which Canada are made out of. So you've got the French Canadians, you've got the Aboriginal Canadians, you've got the English who came over there. All these peoples came together to form Canada and they were brought together by the sport at the same time and prior to the... uh, To the country or you know as the as the country's been founded this sport is bringing those people together and i think uh you know i i don't want to speak from from ignorance on this but i i don't know about racial troubles they might have had over the years in canada but it seems like they sidestep a lot of the issues of integration through these people coming together through sport and that's the kind of thing which i can get behind is a good story (laughs) like i can't i'm not really in sport but i can get behind a really cool story like that And aside from recent issues with their president, the Prime Minister and what he dresses up as for for Halloween, we won't get into. Other than that, I think they've they've done pretty well of of integrating their country in a way which I think the UK and America have struggled with at times. So I find that really interesting. People weren't brought over to Canada, from what I know, as much from slavery as it was for our countries, unfortunately. It was brought together out of a dream of kind of founding this country. So I think it's a really lovely message. But we we usually play clips from due south as we talk about the episode which we've watched uh, obviously that isn't applicable here and we didn't want too many clips for al to have to piece together to play out on the uh, on the system here but we've got one quite long two and a half minute clip from the introduction of hockey at people's history which is narrated by paul gross uh, so al if you'd like to do wonders logo hockey at people's
2: history
1: about to do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Montreal. To the boys March from the third, McGill, what happened that winter night in a Montreal skating rink was just an experiment. They never dreamed they were making history. But when the puck dropped, they gave the world its first official hockey match. And in that moment, a new game and a new country made a lifelong bond. We were the, the nation that was created when the game was created. A game of survival played against winter. The promise of life in the season of death. Hockey's, it's tough, it's dangerous, it's wonderful. Hometown dreams born on frozen ponds. And epic journeys in a quest for glory. It's the story of miners and mill workers and the winter stage where any man can be king. Of the struggles and triumphs of the women who fought for their place in the game. There was a time when I first started coaching hockey that the only person who was watching our game was the Zamboni driver. Hockey's story spans two centuries in a vast country coming of age. A story of hucksters and heroes. Of victory and betrayal. A game that divides us and unites us like nothing else can. I don't know what it is about hockey. When people get into it, it's just uh, just in their blood. It's Canada's gift to the world and a measure of our place in the world. Are we going to? have challenges absolutely but nobody's going to take away the fact that it's our name that'll never be taken away it's the game of our kids and the game of our lives a game that tells the story of a nation
0: now if that doesn't get the blood stirred up i don't know what will now, uh, of course, as I say, we're going to be trying to cram in five hours' worth of documentary here. We've, of course, had to skip over a lot of stories. There are so many wonderful stories which go into the birth of this wonderful sport and the history of it. So if we don't include your favourite uh, story of it, if you're a uh, hockey fan, go out and check the documentary out for a start because it is wonderful. We'd highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, uh, we'll probably do another episode uh, later on covering the other part of this documentary yeah. But to, to get to the origins, oh, and, and also just uh, because we are only basing our knowledge by this documentary and what we've taken notes of from it, anything we get wrong, we apologise for in advance.
2: Some of us were drunk at the time.
0: Yeah, writing. yeah, Just <laughs> some of us, both of us.
2: It's how we do our research. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we stick to our credo here of rum and, well, usually do yourself, in this case, hockey documentary. And plus we're going to spend about 20 minutes just talking about this as opposed to the hockey documentary. But let's, let's get to the point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the, the fantastic, like, let's start off with one of the first things they talk about is yeah. how different things influenced hockey. So there's no one point where you can say, right, hockey was definitely born here. As they alluded to in the intro, there was one particular game which they say this is where it really became hockey.
2: Yeah, it evolved. Yeah, it evolved but,
0: there, time. but there's loads of stuff which lead into that. So there's actually a hieroglyph which they found in Egypt of a drawing of a, of a hockey guy, like it, which they're saying, they think is is that.
2: Is are you talking about the two gentlemen waiting to play? Well, well, actually, I'll let you put it into your own words. That was Greece and the Parthenon.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it was th- th- these two guys, and we're going to try and keep this PG. Please don't cut the stream. Uh, they've got two guys in this hieroglyph playing hockey buck naked as they yeah. put it in the documentary the buff. It, it really does look like they've got like the stick and the, the it looks like a puck there yeah
2: they have i mean literally well it's a stick and a ball literally yeah um and uh they <laughs> yeah. literally got ow got no the smell. Th- i didn't say anything yeah. oh, however everyone else takes it um so they got their sticks crossed as in they were about to
0: play <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why this laughter's coming from yeah. the hockey sticks of course <laughs> Their balls but, quite low on the ground.
2: Do you know what? I mean, just what I keep thinking to myself, could you imagine the fear on their faces if someone brought a pair of skates in? Yeah. Could you
0: imagine <laughs> what into? into what you could get? you
2: imagine? No, they're naked.
0: And oh, right, sorry. oh, bling. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> I see what you mean. I was gonna say, there is an impracticality as well about having um hockey skates in in the sand. I, I'm sure they played like yeah, more yeah. hockey, hockey, nice hockey. That's all I could
2: envision is the guy going, Oh, I didn't sign up for
1: that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, keep those, keep those skates on the ground Yes, uh, and they also had like uh, this wonderful journey of how different sports got founded on the way to becoming hockey so uh, lacrosse and hurling in Ireland which is a big Irish sport I think it went through Scotland they said as well yeah. and these different permutations of games which look very hockey like and if you look at what they're like so somewhat overhead so they'd be flinging the ball and uh, in place of lacrosse but like the mm-hmm. stick, the shape of the stick and some of the moves and the the plays you can see how they all come together to become hockey. Have yeah, got some uh,
2: no, that again adding to yours, Bandy and Shinty as well. But there was also one, um, where uh, in uh, the Dutch um, actually played ice golf, yeah, yes, so there yeah, are, like, yeah. People stood around playing ice golf, so it all kind of links into the evolution, yeah. Of what you, how did you put it?
0: You had a wonderful uh, phrase, for yeah,
2: this. of course, hockey evolved, it wasn't born. I think that's a wonderful way of looking because
0: it it is a mixture of all these different games. And even when they say the first game, you know, the first thing which they're going to call hockey, basically, started, nothing was set in stone. I think the reason Mm. why it became such an intricate and interesting game is they did allow it to to change as it went on. I think something like football, for instance, I think a lot of the rules were hard-baked from the beginning. Uh, Again, like I'm speaking from slight ignorance, but as I understand it, football was football when it started you know they made tweaks to the game as they went along but hockey was really kind of open to anyone bringing their ideas and the different kind of visions of what would improve the game make it more popular and make it more fun to play
2: yeah well you had back in the time you had star skates which were the best skates had everybody's stick was made by hand and you could, buy, you
0: could buy stuff that the athletes had. So now, you know, if you want to buy something which is accurate to what the athletes have, you're, you're spending out real you, big money. Yeah. You can usually buy a cheap knockoff version, basically, for the, uh, for the pipes out there. <laughs> but, but in cases like this, you, you were buying what the athletes were buying yeah. at a reasonable price. So it was so affordable for anyone to get into yeah. it. And when they did play that first game, something I want to get into as well, one sport we haven't mentioned is rugby. Yeah which I would have never in a million years seen any ancestry between that and hockey. But it was rugby players which they actually brought together to play it, and they brought some rules with them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So basically, play for ice hockey originally was fit as many people on the ice as you can and play. That was literally it. There was no structure, and that's where they compared it to rugby. Literally, as many people as you can, can and it was anybody's game. Only pass forward as well. That was, yeah, that was kind of later on when uh, James... Oh, it was Croy- a back
0: passing. Yeah. So back passing is from... Robert. It
2: was forward passing because... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this is where
0: my ignorance comes in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so along time I almost
0: sound like I need a, th- a thing there.
2: Uh, see, if you'd have been in the research... I was in, in, in the research, which I, I believe is the technical on. term.
0: <laughs> I was in the research, re- research doing.
2: <laughs> and if you were awake at the time...
0: <laughs> i might have off a couple of points whatever <laughs> we had a lot of run.
2: so yeah what you were saying is that's when james crichton comes in and he takes a job in montreal now he's very big in rugby have we skipped the over the first game no this is where we get this to the pre- first, first game, game. thank so, you so yeah because he's actually very big into rugby and he actually gets his rugby friends and says come on because he's a big ice hockey you know a hockey fan he says i want to play hockey gets all his friends together gets an audience in 1875 and they literally play their first indoor game
0: yeah and they've got uh, loads of people have just gathered randomly they don't know what this is they're going to be playing Not even the players know what they're going to be playing and uh, you mentioned about how many you know they could just bring on as many people onto the field as they wanted this to.
2: changed then
0: no but but what, why do you think it changed what was the one takeaway from that first game
2: well, I don't know. Everybody took their limbs home. I it don't know. It ended in a <laughs> bloodbath,
0: is what. Yeah. Well, their <laughs> limbs—like they were carrying one limb in the other hand. Like you know, you know it's—it uh, it ended in bloodbath. They had to actually call the game because it got too violent. <laughs> like you know, they talk about the modern game uh, being kind of quite a—you yeah. know—you yeah, have fighting as part of hockey, but back then, just you, anything was allowed. Like people yeah. were checking each other. But like it was going out of fashion.
2: On that particular, you know, you had—you did have some rules. You know, goals were eight foot wide, which they're not now. Yep. You know, you had no kneeling. The goalie couldn't kneel to save no. anything. And nine aside, no substitutions, and every bloody play, Every oh, That nearly was a... No, every very bloody buddy, because of the
0: violence. We are bloody in the literal form. Don't cut the feet. Played for the whole 60 minutes. Yep. So,
2: you know, they were all probably... Well, a little like the,
0: the little tidbit which I've got here is the losing side in hockey would get roughed up or killed they just say that very casually in the documentary. Yeah, they do. And the oh Aboriginal God. Canadians called <laughs> it almost war amongst other names. <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> just, just as you do. Yeah. Um, so this is, you know, you think that Canadians take hockey seriously these days. No, 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 not in comparison. Uh, I believe you've got the next note.
2: Yeah, so then we move on. So that was the first indoor game. And now, then it suddenly, be- it does become outdoors again after the fight. Cause I think it was um, the ice skaters that started the fight. They sort of got annoyed with it and got fed up of watching it and sort of all bundled in. Yeah, like yeah. bundle. Bundle. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so then it went back outside. So then we can talk about the Stanley Cup.
0: Yes. So this was uh, Lord Edward Stanley, uh, which he had another title, I believe. He, he did. He was the governor. The governor. Just to prove he was English, Gov-ner. he was the governor, wasn't he?
2: General Frederick Stanley arrived uh, from the UK. Yeah. Well exactly. Done. Yeah. So. Um,
0: <laughs> Canada, you can thank us later. OK, but uh, uh, the uh, he was a British aristocrat he moved to Canada. He saw a match and just fell in love with it.
2: Yeah, he went to the Montreal Winter Carnival, falls in love, and from that day, all the games were played at the Writer Hall.
0: Yeah, and he just basically had a load of money. He turned up there and goes, cool, I'm moving here because I want to start this sport up in, in a serious big bad way.
2: Yeah, I mean, he didn't play, but his children were very into it. Um, his daughter Isabel was uh, on the first lineup of the first women's um, hockey team. Uh, to yeah, it was his yeah, whole family. Yeah. Like
0: uh, you know, we we've all heard of. The, or I think most of us have heard of the Stanley Cup, but a lot of people may not know it was not just uh, Lord Stanley who started it, but it was his his children who played the game mm-hmm. and popularized it in that way. So whereas he yeah. was chucking the money at it to make it happen and uh, bringing it to to different places. They were the first players as well. But
2: his daughter, the UK, um, branded his daughter as being, because she played ice hockey, they branded her as being too much like a boy. That was the branding.
0: Yeah, there was so much PC stuff, which we found yeah, towards the yeah. female players. Too much like a
2: boy, you know. But, um, yeah, so they had a, they then had the men's team as well, which was headed by his two sons. His two sons, yeah. Um, and they were called the Writer, the writer Rebels...
0: Yeah, the Rebels, come on, doesn't that sound cool?
2: Yeah, the Rebels, because uh, named after the fact that they thought that hockey was a bit of a lark. Yeah, uh, and again, it's just how rough around the
0: edges it was, and I mean, I talk about how kind of like uh, on PC it was, uh, like, we'll get into it a bit, but you had the women and the college league which is <laughs> just, just, just really jars when you, you hear know it what now.
2: Though? But, yeah, but you say it jars you, but you just kind of term. feel this love of how far we've come Well, and from also that also And that, yeah. that, you think, that was then. They were stupid. We've come so far from that. We're now intelligent people, or you well, hope so. yeah. And everyone who's not... Maybe not lot. the
0: presenters of this show, but generally, up. yeah. Well, let's
2: speak for half of the 50% okay.
0: of the show. <laughs> maybe not Nicola, but,
2: you know. Uh,
0: and I think it's also... The, the point is, they were using maybe what sounds like jarring terms to us like the Coloured League and the way they talked about women but those people were allowed to play that's the difference they're using uncalled terms for people who are allowed to play the sport unlike uh, football or these other sports when they were founded and women just weren't allowed to Like, and we, we do come across like loads of cases where women try to play and are banned along the way on hockey but at least they had some representation at the table which is a, a better start than a lot of sports and a lot of things get Yeah. So I think we can say that Canada was at least ahead of the game in in allowing people some representation.
2: Mm, yeah. So I mean, before they left, because um the go- the governor, governor did return home, and uh, before they did, they actually created the Stanley Cup, which I'm sure oh, most yeah. people have heard of in hockey. Um, which is
0: two gallons exactly, so you can fit two gallons of beer in it for post game celebrations. Go
2: and that is where the best thing about this and we discussed this wasn't it the fact that anybody could challenge you did not have to be a big, oh, yeah, it was a great. big player in the grand scheme of thing. you could be any small town team and you can just say I want to challenge you I think and, the wording um, was you
0: had to have a legitimate kind of um, challenge so basically did, if yeah. you could convince the person who had the Stanley Cup it's like yeah I reckon I could beat you prove it then you know it was really like this so you had teams which were newly formed they spend a bit of money getting a few uh, ringer players and then they challenged for it and just basically this is another thing which crops up a lot you know just someone just chucks money at a team to try and get the cup i just love that kind of frontiermanship of just like uh, yeah i reckon i can take yeah. you on and you've got a lot of david and goliath kind of uh, competitions where where david won
2: and i think and when and when we get that cup i think then it becomes where you know in 1895 you see teams that were forming all over canada um trains tracks were laid so people yeah, could get around it's worth
0: saying the train lines uh hockey fans got a discount yeah so i think this is kind of part of the partnership i spoke about at the beginning of why why the country was formed around this sport so part of the reason why they were uh hurrying through the strain tracks was to get people to different hockey matches people this enthused so yeah. that's why they got a discount and as more things were traded more people would hear about hockey from different areas where it was so it literally does progress as the country progresses yeah. you see it happening in real time it's really just
2: and rivalry became competitions yeah so you know you were still sort of hating people, yeah but you could now play it in a sort of a a good for I, I don't know it was allowed well, to hack at yeah. people
0: <laughs> and, and it, it's such a tautology because even though people died playing it actually the rivalry between the team seemed pretty good nature generally <laughs> apart from the uh the minute, pink- when they're
2: dragging their co-person co, co person off saying oh dear yeah the good. fans
0: seemed very nice about it <laughs> they were all happy i did love the newspapers though <laughs> they love to talk smack it's like a uh, Whereas uh, the betting which we did on our team, where we're we're lining our covers, not so much for yours. <laughs> they love to talk smack uh, in the press in these. What early we games. did
2: find actually, I'm going to bring this up now because through the whole five episodes, there was very much an element. It sounded awful, but as you go through and they talk about different people, it was like, you know, there was a there was a superstar, and it was like, oh yeah, and then he caught TB for instance, and he died, and <laughs> yeah. this became a whole thing throughout to the end of it was when they said something like oh and such and such and we just sat there and went he died <laughs> because yeah. that's what we were expecting it was just very sad and of
0: course what we found out is that's the only way you could stop these people playing the sport they lost an eye they kept going there's they a guy died. called uh, Frank McGee <laughs> who lost an eye playing got it completely caved in next season he's back Now, nah, so I reckon I can keep going he's got like, another he's, eye <laughs> I, I think he might have lost a season while he was thinking about it and trying different stuff he's going nah I miss it too much I've still got another eye <laughs> Do your worst.
2: Oh, I've just picked up the cinnamon one, the drink. That's very nice. I've got the, the Grilla one. Nice. That's
0: lovely. That's our rum update. Yes,
2: it's very <laughs> nice. I've just finished the other one. Someone slacking. Never let the
0: subject of a documentary get in the way of your rum.
2: <laughs> Someone's slacking. Um, uh, right, okay. okay. So then this was a gentleman that we've got a little bit on, Dan Who's Bain. That? Oh, Dan Bain. I've got we them. love yeah. Dan Bain, don't we? Because he, he plays the sport. for the Winnipeg Victorias, right? it's lovely because he was reported as he doesn't smoke nope. he doesn't drink nope. and he has no time for women to which I bracketed he must be gay how could you not have time oh, yeah. for women
0: <laughs> to which I said not cool Nicola not cool you, did. you
2: laughed and said make sure that goes in and then I
0: said not cool Nicola not cool like, put it in not cool but it's
2: such a change from every guy going oh can I dance <laughs> no you're a lesbian <laughs> <It really does laughs> so you're taking it back that. for women oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: But this guy is really uh, amazing, though, uh, because he just collected championships. So he would go into a sport, win everything in it, and then leave it. So he uh, collected championships in roller skating, lacrosse, uh, cycling championships twice, gymnastics. And he would win gold medals and all these things. And then go, yeah, done that. I think I'll try hockey next. I've never heard of an athlete like this. Of course, obviously, in those earlier days, I'm not saying it was easy to win, but like, I think there's more professionalism behind all the sports. Uh but just to be able to, to get the peak of, of all these sports and then just move on going, Now I'm bored now.
2: Yeah. And I mean he went along as well to challenge for the Stanley Cup and he actually it was part of the team that defeated the undefeated Montreal Victorias. Yep. So and you know, at Whereas that I'd point, be the guy
0: in the stands, I'd be like drinking one hand, fagging the other, going... <laughs> <laughs> He's great he is. Oh, I really should try that sometime.
2: <laughs> but at that point as well, because we're doing this almost like a media thing, aren't we? Because we're going to end with with television. But, um, you know, at that point, the Telegraph was reporting. So they were doing the old da-da-da-da-da on the... Oh. Oh, hello. Nah, i can going do an SOS message. Save me. Whoa.
0: Live <laughs> <laughs> sound effects here. We like this. I only
2: went shopping at West <laughs> Key, and now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> save me. Let me out. Um, so... <laughs> So, the Telegraph is now reporting on the game, so that's where we are. Yeah, uh, and media. this is the
0: other thing, like, they, um, they start putting money into the game. It's worth pu- saying at this point, uh, it's all word of mouth until now when it starts getting telegraphed. Uh, the players aren't getting paid, so everyone else is getting paid. They're, they're paying money to the uh, arenas and stuff. People are making money of this, but the players aren't yet, which we will get onto in a bit. Uh, there was no substitutions at this point in the game. If someone wasn't there to catch a shot, it's usually because they'd broken a leg. So uh, more stuff to the uh, bloodiness of these. Being...
2: It wasn't because they died, so we're moving on. Yeah, we've made
0: progress. They just <laughs> broke a leg. They didn't die. <laughs> Although probably a pe- couple of people did die still.
2: Yes. I yeah. wonder what the t- mortality rate is. I should have looked that up. Yes. I really should have.
0: <laughs> Less people die in EastEnders than in a game of hockey. Really? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I have watched it for years, but I can, yeah. Okay.
0: Have you ever heard uh, some of these um, statistics? I think they had it on QI once where they said how many like uh, people die of certain accidents versus soap operas. So like how many people die in a fire or uh, airplane uh, crashes a year versus how many people die in a year on EastEnders or Coronation Street or something. And it's like triple or quadruple. Again. Do you
2: know what? I remember you saying that. There, and I'm going to be very quick because I know it's diverting. But you say about that with the soaps but I remember someone bringing up a whole conversation about how does everyone afford to live on Enders? you're in London you've got gr- yeah. these great houses yet they work in the, <laughs> the Market, they're always in the pub and I was like I don't know <laughs> I don't know <laughs> who knows that's obviously the place to live
0: I <laughs> Although we as we did also recently find out on my other podcast uh Marina Sertis from Star Trek the Next Generation really wants to be in EastEnders so everyone oh, tweet that out Coronation get on Street. the no, was, uh, well I think she said she'd do curry, oh, she she'd really do Corrie but she really wants East
2: yeah.
0: yeah she she, she, she really, but she was saying how there's never any Greek families on there, which is like a real miss yes. in in the yes. <laughs> in the, the East End of London but anyway so yeah
2: right that's a sign back on right
0: we so tend on this podcast also you may not have picked up on this yet.
2: Yeah, I'm being very good because there's no language. I've done so well. 35 minutes in and I've not said any language. You're doing uh, mm, good. If you listen to Juice South, I can say that don't listen to us unless you do. are happy with language. and? Yeah, yeah,
0: not usually safe yeah. for the office. If you're
2: offended, please don't listen to no. us. <laughs> and if you are offended, well, that's your problem if you do listen to us, <laughs> quite frankly.
0: <laughs> Which she always says in the episode after she's sworn and said about <laughs> 10 offensive things already.
2: Yeah, put the children to bed. Right. Why she's not that
0: offensive? Just worry.
2: (laughs) Basically, what comes in my head comes out of my mouth. That's usually the rule of me, isn't it? Yep, 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 yep. yep. So She's from
0: Dorset. She doesn't know any better. It's okay.
2: I'll set my convoy narvistor on you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we're gonna hockey. (laughs) (laughs) This is how it goes. So we're gonna get on to a gentleman now, or a guy called Fred Taylor, who becomes the Cyclone Taylor. Now, we kind of picked him because he was quite, for us, he was quite interesting because he was given skates uh, by a speed skater as a child and by 16 he was classed as the fastest, toughest guy they've ever seen. And he actually, Wayne Gretzky is compared to him.
0: Yeah, Wayne Gretzky who becomes the, the poster boy for hockey for, yeah. you know, he he is one of those names.
2: I mean, um, yeah. uh, and the reason I, I sort of picked him in a way to put on here is because he actually got the call to play for the big league, but... Unfortunately, at that time, no money was paid.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. So, they expected them to go out of their, uh, their hometown, their jobs, which they needed to do to play the sport, mm. travel halfway up the country at yeah. a whim. And uh, if they did, didn't, they were threatened with banishment. Well,
2: that was it because That he was their could big ace card. But it's like,
0: well, how am I meant to live while I'm doing his, this? His it's like, it's not much of a choice.
2: They had no money. He had to keep his job, he had to stay where he was, he really wanted to go, and the answer to that was, we're going to banish you from every player anywhere, because you will not do this.
0: Yeah, and that and was a big was the Like they the never even people. seemed to consider paying the people.
2: Yeah, so that was just an interesting thing I found then. I mean, later on, he he does become relevant, he becomes a massive And this player. also uh,
0: signposts the beginning of the end of those earlier leagues, because yeah again their only thing was to threaten someone that you'd get banished from playing the game if you don't travel where we want you to to play the game but they had no money to do that so that when the other leagues came up and they go oh no we'll just chuck a load of money out we'll we'll pay the players that's why they took off and the people whose only threat you know the only their only way of communicating with these uh these sports stars was to threaten them when it's, by the wayside yeah,
2: it reminds me of um i know it sounds strange i'm going off character again you know like the Moon on rouge which i'm sure most people have watched you know the I'm bit where the duke goes and i'm going to s- sort of say it in the only language you underworld people you know understand that's a bit like that isn't it you know i speak to you how you may understand that you're banished it does come across like that yeah the guy playing know. him in
0: the documentary did have a wax moustache and cape on he did, so he knew and, he was the baddie sang
2: like a virgin at one stage which i thought was very yeah.
0: interesting <laughs> no no they? no that was you that was after a few more runs uh, that, that was stage.
2: me sorry <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that'll so, happen so we're going into the 1900s now. So early 1900s, we're coming into a booming enterprise. People can afford things. We got you know mail order, which is sending out sort of. And we're down to, uh, to four in in by
0: 1914. Only four people die playing. So real progress happening
2: here. Wow, this is really going somewhere. This I really mean, some say somewhere. it slowed
0: down the game though. Like there weren't enough deaths per quarter.
2: But now we're getting into the time when you play for pay.
0: Hey, hey. hey. pay the people. <laughs>
2: So, America, Michigan, were offering to pay. And this attracted massive amounts of players in from from Canada, basically. So, you know, and and again, it's sort of, even Cyclone Taylor, who we've just talked about, the guy that, you know, was banished from playing if he, because he wouldn't play or couldn't play, should I say. And just since we're
0: going into the pay bit, this is the also a, another one of the crucial points where you see the country developing as the sport develops because as the athletes are paid and gambling comes into it as well uh, suddenly the Canadian economy starts to boom like there's a lot of their economy which is based on that sport Mm. so all these people are traveling so the the railroads are making a load of money the gambling people are making loads of money the athletes are making money which then goes back into the economy and uh, there's whole industries which come up around this sport so again I think it's a kind of When I first heard, like, this is a country which is born on this board, I think, okay, hyperbole. We're going to see how that's not the case as the documentary goes on. Because any documentary's got to kind of paint it like this. I mean, there's some wonderful documentary-only moments in this where they go, it's like, and that's when hockey really took off. They say that every episode. (laughs) Like, there's always a moment. But it is kind of true in a way because the the game reaches a new level each time they say that. And that's just good documentary making. But it really did help found the country sorry yeah no that's point.
2: okay but no it actually does lead into what i was going to say because again the big wigs as i'm going to call them you know they did come in and fret and banishment so they yeah, were cause saying because they had
0: wigs as well as their wigs mustache, they did, and,
2: and singing like a virgin i'm sure yes. that wasn't just me yeah. and they come in at again and started saying you know if you if canadian hockey players leave and go to michigan you're banished from everybody here, Michigan, Michigan. second run, nearly done, (laughs) actually, it's not like another one being Um, (laughs) brought, so, it's a Sunday, it's a school night, it's like, quite exciting, Um, and, you know, they were banishing people again, and saying, you cannot play for us, unfortunately, as we all know in the world, cash is king, and everyone went, yeah, I'll that's yeah. the world isn't it cash is king essentially and money does talk so off they all went and uh, again as I say Cyclone taylor was another one he arrived to play um, meets what is his future wife mother-in-law's not impressed
0: oh yeah yeah the mother-in-law says like you will not but yeah they, they were really against hockey players because they knew how unstable the sport was it was still new them getting paid at all and he said i'm not going to marry that woman until i've raised is it five thousand
2: yeah and he does because he actually gets five thousand two hundred fifty pounds for 12 which is a lot in those days mother-in-law suddenly goes yeah it's fine yeah yeah suddenly warming to you son
0: come come in come (laughs) in
2: (laughs) my mum would have been going before the five thousand what you get no money just take her anyway (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) that's what she said to me anyway
2: yeah Yeah. please take her now we'll pay you you
0: realize i've got no money she goes no no take her take her oh
2: who cares <laughs> you know and um, yeah so we're getting into pay for play um, you know we're going into the early 1900s still and the railway is adding more car, uh, cars or more trains. yeah cars, so they're
0: even expanding the railway
2: and at that point with media the telephone is offering pay by Play-by-play. Play-by-play, sorry. So yeah,
0: before they were only just uh, telegraphing it, so someone else had to, the other end, read these telegraphs out. Now they've got real-time commentary, or yeah. at least I think it was delayed by a certain amount of time. Yeah, the uh, telephones
2: are offering much that, much, that service.
0: Yeah, so you had someone on the telephone going, yeah, he scored a goal. Yeah, he passed. It's going to the other guy.
2: <laughs> so now we're going to go... And also it's
0: quite late on that they even put numbers on the back of the jerseys, so they could do the play-by-play.
2: Play. Yeah, absolutely and we're going to go now obviously then recession hits america um hockey is over in michigan but what it leaves america is that pro hockey is there to stay yes
0: yeah it took off in a big bad way yeah. and that again um it going to those other countries helped out the sport tremendously
2: yeah um so then we are uh we go into the first world war and there was another person that come up of interest there was a did he come up in interest? He'd come up of interest to me. Come up of interest? He'd come up of interest.
0: Go on here, Mary Poppins.
2: I will do. I will do, Dick. <laughs> now, I'm saying that because that's his name. Yes, yes. Don't
0: cut the feed. Don't cut the feed.
2: <laughs> Just to be clear, and I wasn't doing that like I was going to shoot anyone with my boobs either, because that looks like <laughs> what? what I was going to do. And no one thought a, that. No. I was thinking of um, Austin Powers. <laughs> right so then we're coming into the first world war right <laughs> so another guy that come up for us was con smythe he was a captain of Great the university name. Name. hockey team uh he goes to war but before he leaves for war and i love this story he places a three thousand he basically organizes a hockey game yeah and he places a three thousand pound bet wins seven thousand but what he actually does with some of the money is he actually keeps the money to pay for the player's which were also um part uh, basically soldiers as well to have a lavish christmas dinner everywhere. yeah that was really nice so
0: that. uh yeah he bet all the um team's money so like if they lost they lost everything but he went through not only does he get, yeah, do the Christmas dinner every year, he pays for the team like, for yeah. the next decade or something. I just thought, how annoyed
2: that. would they have been if they'd lost it? And they'd be like, well, where's our Christmas dinner, mate? Well, that's us think.
0: He didn't tell them. <laughs> he, he only told them as they were in the locker room before. It's like, by the way, bet all the team's money, so you better win this. <laughs> a, but I kind of love the balls of that. And it's also, as much as it kind of can seem on one hand, like it, it's got a potential to screw over the team. It was the belief he showed in the team. He did this as a badger. on. It's like, look, I believe you can win this. So this is all, all your money, all my money in yeah. this. I'm as invested as you. We better win this stuff, otherwise we're yeah. in trouble. And it kind of led, led them forward. It, it made them a force in the game.
2: Absolutely. And he was more a figurehead in sort of um, coaching Con Smythe because yeah. he actually ends up um, being a prisoner of war for four years. Um, uh, he actually was lost everybody thought he was dead for four years and then he comes back and then yeah, in yeah. 1920 he gets offered when he does come back and, and we he, got so yeah.
0: nervous this because we keep on hearing these stories oh, of these dead. great people who then say like, <laughs> they're dead oh, and when that person died they died on the in the on the ice, you know. Yeah. And you have all these stories of the day and he goes, and he's missing it. Well we're going, Oh no, he's in trouble now. But we're like he's said, the, yeah, it's when they said they're missing away and they cut away to you know from that it's like, right, they haven't said he's dead. He, he's gonna he's gonna come back, like because they are not shy of telling you people have died in this documentary. No,
2: they're not, are they?
0: Apart from people who disappear in mysterious circumstances.
2: Yeah, that's the other thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. But like they, they left it open, so you're kind of led to suggest he's gonna come up again, which yeah. indeed he did.
2: So you know so then he gets offered he comes back he's still playing hockey gets offered the job as a head coach and this is why i kind of um then compared him didn't i to jose marino yeah, because yeah, he really had this, this i'm the best in the world i'm i'm you know this i'm that i'm gonna do this that and it, it didn't go down well with the owners they didn't like it he gets kicked out
0: yeah because he basically just looks the again no this is how we can do it. this is how we're gonna go about it they go oh cool you're fired then yeah. and so he, what's he do next do you not know? Yeah, well, does, I, I
2: can't What does he do next?
0: He bets his money on different he sporting does. events and gains money to then uh, buy whatever team he is. Who wants.
2: does he buy? It's like quiz night now. Who does he, who does he buy? I don't <laughs>
0: want to hug the mic. It would be rude. I'm going to let a lady speak. Jeez.
2: He buys the St. Pats. The St. Pats, as I was going <laughs> to say.
0: But, who, I, but I want you he two.
2: finds, he feels that St. Pats is too much of a Catholic name, so he changes them to the Maple Leaves.
0: Yes, which uh, becomes a team to this day.
2: But the good, I mean, the thing he then brings is during the Great Depression of 1930, he actually builds the Maple Leaf Gardens, which is an arena, and he is, because he wants the Stanley Cup. That's what he's kind of always wanted. Um, And he goes ahead to beat the New York Rangers to get it, and they were a hated team, apparently. Um, And this, where we are on media, was all reported. Um, in a, this was the first time you found at an arena the box above the arena, where people are commentating. Yeah. That is that point. Yeah, so the we end we of the fourth right episode, through. they
0: go, and this box, and they 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 pan up to the uh, commentary box, were proved to be a game changer. End yes. of part four. Yeah,
2: because then it gets really interesting because we're going to go into ladies hockey now.
0: Because it's ladies night yeah. and the feeling's oh, right fuck Oh, thought
2: you could be, She's a lady. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, oh, oh.
0: That's usually our dog Dottie's theme tune, wherever she does anything inappropriate. So she will go into the middle of a room and start licking herself to clean herself everywhere. But she'll go to the center of the room to do it. So, of course, we then sing, She's a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
2: Sadly, now we've got a puppy as well who does, kind of goes around doing that on her as well. And we're like, No, yeah. I do not need to see this. Get out.
0: He's just inappropriate. <laughs> he is very
2: appropriate. It's Benny. Or oh, yeah. Sergeant Benton. Yes. As we call him. So we're getting into ladies' hockey now. So, favourite of mine. Um, so, in 1915, obviously, we've got the war. First World War. Yeah. Men's game declines. Um, at this point, women are not recognised as people, personally. <laughs> yeah, so, you They're know, not recognised as
0: people. Pay. They're not allowed to not. vote. I'm not saying the good old days. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm it's kidding. Paid it, was, it, was nothing, awful. it was
2: awful. Essentially, let's face it, it says here paid half, paid nothing. Um, you know women are taking on men's jobs probably doing them a bit better as well just, just you know maybe who knows
0: do a stage whisper don't whisper <laughs> whisper for, for podcasting it
2: doesn't help <laughs> probably doing better probably jobs. doing it better as well you who see? knows <laughs> and you know that's when women start playing hockey as well and you know the thing is is i suppose it's sad to say but people are now watching women play hockey yeah you know and they're being paid yeah. Which is, you know, that that's the one thing you can say, you know. And one of the quotes that comes up, which is really funny, wasn't it? And you like this, and this is why I put it down. Is it's great. a commentator said, They play as rough as men, even makes their hair pins jump out. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and they said it's like, uh,
0: and uh, women travelling the country to play hockey, oh I don't want to compare it to the oldest uh, oldest profession in the world, but don't then, maybe don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: it was commentated that... Yeah. Like, Playing, here, playing in their country was fine, but if they travelled, they were travelling prostitutes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, playing Gosh. hockey, prostitution, Gosh. much the same thing. I think you'll agree, ladies. I
2: travelled I travel <laughs> over the place,
0: have Yeah. <laughs> but that is for prostitution reasons, yeah. so that's very different. That's just a coincidence, yeah, those two things tied together there.
2: You know, I can't afford on the first job. <laughs> <laughs> needed a second. Got to keep the dog in biscuits somehow. Imagine? God. I'd be like, how have you got any change? (laughs) 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 Like, what have you wanted change when they have a pound? Um, Right, so let's go 1930 to 40. Um, So women's hockey is becoming really popular. You know, we've got people, uh, we've got big teams, Preston Rivulets are dominating. There's a great lady out there called Albertine LaPonze and she is the centre of women's hockey. Everybody wants to play her everybody loves it there's even actually someone called Etta Lalonde, who was a boy and actually dressed as a girl yeah to, in the attempt to try and play against her, but didn't it didn't and it really come comes out.
0: full circle because you had a uh, a female hockey player who tried to dress as a man is it earlier or later than this no it's later sorry young girl but it's kind of really funny how like just they all want to play so much that uh in a time when men couldn't play the man's trying to get up the women's team.
2: Yeah, I mean, she's a she's a big player. She is the best of the best, and there's not really, uh, although there's many names that come up that challenge her. There's no one really that beats her, which no. you know. And there's a real. This is why why I've brought up her name is there's a, a sort of an old mystery around her because when the war ends, obviously the men come back, and the men come back, and they go, Oh, we well, thanks, we women. The world Bye. <laughs> And, and you know it just go. stops
0: like that so they've all been uh cheering them on watching them on tv yeah. uh yeah they've all been behind them and just like that they just end it just i can't even though i do get i, I do understand that those sex statues were there it's just how quickly they turn off these people they've been cheering just a moment before it's just that that oh. cognitive dissonance it's like men are um, back
2: well, <laughs> back to you normal did now. at the time but now, you know, it's like it's like probably dating. And when, you know, the lads. I did at the time. I wasn't no, alive you. during the war. But I'm thinking uh. it's probably like dating when the lads come around for some guy. Go- well, you did all right at the time, but now they're here. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. Coming
2: yeah. out now. Or yeah. <laughs> well, is that just me?
0: <laughs> oh, I like that mmm from the audience. Yeah, mm. we know, we know. Tell it, girlfriend. <laughs> I'm with you, sister. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, th- this is a really interesting bit, and this is what made me laugh actually. Is this bit didn't like laugh? Bit after made me laugh. Is that actually, Al- Albertine Leponce? She actually disappears after this. Nobody hears from her. It's like this century-old mystery. Nobody knows whatever happened to her. So one person said, or once, this is a fanciful thing, that she went back to the USA, had a sex change. And then comes back to Canada to work as a gas station attendant. Now, and the that thing is, wasn't you know, funny.
0: No, the funny thing was I was I I just had a slight lapse in wasn't attention listening. for a second, and I go, "That happened." She goes, "No, that was a theory someone came up with. It didn't
2: happen." So over <laughs> in here in big capitals, Ian believes this is true. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's concentration <Christopher laughs> one important line. <laughs>
2: so as we say you know I, I was
0: like where did they have that sex change operation that must have been so ahead of its time
2: yeah it it totally does so right we've ended the first world war what,
0: what us personally well, yeah we i mean i really did ready. very little to make it happen myself
2: <laughs> okay so obviously you know we're briefly going in we've got the second world world coming up then you know world canadians war. well did, what did i say well come yeah. on <laughs> it's a good rum <laughs> yeah. so Canadians yeah. go home but leave a passion for hockey we know that end of the war comes back and you've got the lower classes so at a time when everybody Nicholas ch- people yeah ooh really <laughs> Do you know the mortality rate is going to go up by the end of this show <laughs> just to be clear
0: 50% of the podcast have made it out off the field <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> guess which 50 yeah <laughs> so you know at one stage with hockey you had it where anybody could play so millionaires were playing with the proles if you could say that Yeah. you know but now the lower classes uh, were called ghoulies which me and you first read as goalies didn't we oh it's a bit about goalies but it wasn't they were called ghoulies and so
0: and ghoulies was the name of the team don't cut the feed
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you know they went to Europe and literally they had to prove their stuff they ended up being the Falcons, but what we found really interesting is when they played in Europe, they actually played with orchestras.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You had uh, a live orchestra on the field, yeah, on the pitch. You had uh, men playing in shirts and ties. Like, they were going, like, uh, and the Canadian hockey team felt suitably underwhelmed. They beat the crud out of, like, every team in Europe because we were just, yeah, shirts and ties and, like, orchestras. They go do you want to play some hockey around any of this at any point?
2: And I've just realised we've got four minutes, right, to yeah. get me and through the then, last pieces. So just very quickly, and they were like,
0: uh, and yeah, we have to admit, we did give them one goal. We just felt bad for them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we, hockey now comes back to the USA via New York and expand. One gentleman I'm going to leave us with is... Morris, the Rocket Richard. Ah, Rocket so Richard. we like him. We we had a look up for him because he's n- he was named as unstoppable. He was a record breaker. He played for the Montreal Canadiens. The problem, the thing is, he wasn't a problem. Sorry, because I said the problem with Morris, he wasn't a problem. In between the years he played, he played for ten years, and because he was the best of the best, he was literally constantly attacked as a, as a, like no footballers do, etc. So he's attacked. He's jumped on. He's verbally assaulted. Hello.
0: Victory <laughs> he, sure selfie in the middle this, of the yeah, podcast.
2: He, this is all supported by the coaches. So they're all saying, attack this guy. He's the best of the best. Everyone's trying to bring him down. And this guy gets fed up and he gets peed off. I can think I can say that. And he starts this massive fight. He's attacking everybody. He ends up punching the linesman. And he's out for the season after that. Yeah, I
0: mean, we said it's like it's not cool what he did, but like basically they were just ignoring anyone attacking him, and they were of course sending him everyone against him. And you can see why the guy broke. But it's like it just kind of steeled him up even more when <laughs> he came back. Uh, I think we do need to wrap up those. How? Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. In a couple moments? Can finish your, finish your train of moments. I've got okay. half page, if that's right. So and also,
0: Paul Gross was really great at doing the documentary, yeah. like the narration on this.
2: So the only thing I was going to end up with, there was an uproar. We had tear gas, we had everything, because everybody, because he was out for the season, everybody was in uproar about it. But he does come back the following season to win five cuts. At this point, 1952, we've now gone to television. So we've now come from right at the start to television, and this is watched outside store windows. And, you know, hockey is then the highest rated show. And the first yeah, game um, from Montreal. Hockey Night
0: in Canada was the name of the show. That's it. I and think still
2: goes on today. That's it. And it, maybe? the television's first game was in Montreal. And that was the hockey. Um, hockey. The TV was blamed for the lack of ticket sales, which most things are.
0: Yeah, it's really difficult because it helped promote the sport. But in times of uh, austerity, when people are very poor, it's very difficult for them to then come to the game. So it's kind of a trade-off. Yeah. We are going to cover this in more detail, going to uh, the second five episodes in a future episode. We hope you've had a good time, guys.
2: Yay! I'm going off that to kill worked. the other 50% of the podcast. Uh,
0: and in a minute, we're going to hear about some of the wonderful causes uh, which uh, Sports Relief helps out. Uh, and please do go to superpod.co.uk and donate, donate. If you're donating live on the day, you can get into that competition we mentioned earlier if you donate over a fiver. If not... Go there and donate anyway because it's a wonderful course. Al has put in so much time into this, so please donate. Uh, I've been Detective Squee! With me has been Civilian Aid Nicola. Until next week, keep your pumps. Your pumpuses? What? Keep your compasses pointed due south
2: by southeast. <laughs>
1: Song, song,
0: song. You sing one, then I sing one, yeah. We'll be loving you till we
2: 70.
0: It's been over three years since the outbreak of Ebola killed
1: over 11,000 people in West Africa. When Ebola hit, what was it like?
2: My father was sick.
0: The fermenting, toileting, fermenting, They came to the Ebola Center. The next morning, they time. When
1: was the last time you went to school?
0: I was saying that we I to school. I so I remember my
1: thoughts. What's pages?
0: So don't wipe your eyes. remind you of life
1: last thing I always wanted this trip to be was to be the celebrity who comes over to Africa and cries on TV and says, ''Send your money over.'' I really wanted to come and, like,
0: be like, everything's positive, everything's great. And then,
1: uh,
0: I don't know, I was just singing with that girl. Her dad, her dad taught her how to sing.
1: <laughs> and she just got really choked up about it.
0: You know, I, I watch Comic Relief every single year. And this is always what celebrities do. And I always think, "Ah, is it really that bad? And then I sort of turn up and, yes, it is.
1: To send a girl like Peaches to school for a whole year is only £45. Please give what you can. Thank you.
2: This is superpod 2020 two days of great comedy and sporting podcasts we're raising money in aid of sport relief to give what you
1: can go to superpod.co.uk and click donate